0: Uh, the words I speak and the words we hear be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. So just another notice before I start the sermon. Um, on the first, my first day back is October the 17th uh, and I'm double booked that night. So we're supposed to have a vestry meeting. But it's also the Toronga Interfaith Prayers for World Peace event down at the historic Village. So you're all invited to come and join us down at the historic Village at 7 o'clock for Prayers for Peace. Um, And I'm sure Cliff and Paula will um, push that a bit harder over the next few weeks. So, back to today's readings. Well, poor old Peter, eh? One minute, he's top of the class. Somehow he's guessed it. Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, and he doesn't even get a gold star or a pat on the back, or a well done Peter. Well, at least not a Mark. In Matthew's Gospel, well that's a whole different story, but that's a different sermon. We're in Mark's Gospel. In Mark's Gospel, he's rebuked almost immediately. The word, the Greek word that is translated as sternly ordered, is normally translated and is later translated in the story as rebuke why did the why did the translators not translate it as rebuke well there's an assumption that Peter got it right like Jesus is the Messiah Peter says you're the Messiah he's got it right why would you rebuke somebody who got it right the question is in Mark's Gospel did Peter, get it right. That is the question we're going to look at. And we're going to look at it by comparing our answers to their answers and seeing if we fare any better. So, Jesus asks us the first question. Who do people say I am? So, this is the question for us. Who do people say that Jesus is? Out in the world, out in our everyday lives who do people say Jesus is I invite you to turn around and talk to your neighbours there's a lot of talking to neighbours in this sermon so pick some good people and this is the first question who do people say Jesus is (laughs) alright there's lots more questions so we'll just get a little a little taster so what kind of things did you come up with? Who do people say that Jesus is? Son of God. Saviour. Saviour? out of, Savior. Savior? of Sorry, the community. This is what people say. Okay. Okay. Right. need Some people Well that might be what we say, but I'm kind of getting a feel for what the wider society might say. So we'll come back to that one. So mocking, some people see him as a prophet, other religions see him as a prophet. Hindus in some parts of India will see him as one of the incarnations of uh, you remember which one? Shiva. Shiva. So like Krishna. So um so Gama there's a whole lot of different ones. Yep. Right, and it wore a figment of, of our imagination. Okay. Um, and I've heard people say, well, he was a good man and he's a good role model. So those are some ideas. Now, in, in Mark's Gospel, the names that they come up with, the disciples come up with, are not just random names that they thought, oh, well, they were nice people, maybe Jesus is kind of a reincarnation of them. They were, they were code for a whole package of ideas about which... Kind of held some of their hopes and expectations, and a picture of God. So Elijah, for example, so Elijah is one of two people in the first testament that doesn't die. As one of the, um, so he's taken up to heaven in a flaming chariot, and um, so as one of the commentators said, he's still in the game. He's in the bullpen and can be reintroduced at any time. So a bit of baseball analogy there, and. Um, American commentators. And the expectations around Elijah come from Malachi 4, which is the very last book in our First Testament, which says, verse 5, Lo, I will send you the prophet Elijah, and before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes, he will turn the hearts of parents to their children and the hearts of children to their parents, so that I will not come and strike the land with a curse. So that's when they were saying, Elijah, they saw Jesus in that light. Elijah coming back, turning the hearts of people, so that when the terrible, great and terrible day of the Lord is coming, the land will not be struck with a curse. So there was a package that went with those ideas. So the question then for us is, what expectations and hopes go with the names or the understandings about who Jesus is and what picture of God do they represent so another minute or two in your groups talking about that, some of the names some of the ideas about who is Jesus, what are the expectations and hopes that go with that and what are the pictures of God that go with that Where you go okay <laughs> What expectations and hopes what pictures of God go with some of those names? Do you guys have anything? Uh, we were talking about um, Maori prophets and how they initially started with peaceful, pacifist ideas but got caught up by people who wanted to get rid of the park out, so they became a different thing which is really a lot like the Jewish situation. Right. Okay. So you can see how easily it happens that you start with some good and then it becomes a political thing. Yep. So Paymada Day was a was a peaceful pacifist religion that got quickly turned, not by their founder. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. We were sort of discussing like a simple uh, insurance policy at times. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they also bargained Right. And you do this, you yep. you the stuff like that goes with Yep. And then the then the other question that goes with that is um why are these bad things happening to me? What have I done wrong? So God is also the punisher. We're talking about the cynicism in the secular world about the expectations of Christians and they're not secure to meet those Right. Okay, they're not forgiven to come out of everything on the same side. Right. So expectations of us as a group of people and we don't forgive we don't ask for forgiveness we don't live out what we say there's a, there's a gap between what we say and what we do which is also true so that leads to cynicism and a, we get pushed to one side which may not be a bad thing ok well there's a lot more that we can talk about that but the, Jesus then asks another question which is where Peter gets into trouble. So the next question is, who do you say that I am? So, this kind of brings us back to Bill, I think. So, again, in your groups, who would you say Jesus is? Okay, what words would you describe for Jesus? Where you go. So
1: this should be easy.
0: So who do we say Jesus is? Bell. So it was always a spiritual concept, but here we've actually got and it's it's made into right. a human form so that we can understand Which is a very important thing, the incarnation, the, the human representation of God, so that we can understand the nature of God. We often let that one go. So that's a very important one. Any others? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> Constant companion. <laughs> Saviour? Yep. A guide. Sorry? A guiding A guide. An overall guide. Yep. we Right, we're about to get to that. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, all of those come with a package of assumptions about who God is and how God will meet our expectations and hopes. So that's where Peter gets into trouble. And if we read Mark kind of all the way through, there's a warning that that Peter's getting this wrong. And the warning is the story Right before this one, which we didn't read, sadly. But the literary writers decided we only needed one of the two healing stories of the blind man in Mark's Gospel. But they play a really important role. So the first healing story in Mark's Gospel, who can remember what happens in the first healing story in Mark's Gospel of the blind man? from oh, Jesus Spits. And what happens? No, he doesn't. He sees, and Jesus asks him, Can you see? And the man says, Yes, I can see people. They are like trees walking around. He sees, but he's not seeing clearly. That story goes right before this. So when Peter says... You are the Messiah. Peter is seeing, but he is seeing, but they're like trees walking around. He's not getting it right. So what's he thinking when he uses the word Messiah? Well, he's thinking of somebody who will come, like Elijah precursors, and will overthrow the Romans and kick them out. So this story is set in Caesarea Philippi. This city is built by Philip to honor Rome. That's where the name comes from. This is a Roman city in honour of the glory of Rome. This is why this is set here. And he is hoping that the Romans will be thrown out. He is hoping that the corrupt high priesthood will be overthrown and a new righteous high priesthood put in place. And, as Malachi says, all the arrogant and all the evildoers will be stubborn. So when Peter uses that You are the Messiah. That's the package that goes with that. And Jesus' response to that is to rebuke him. Because that ain't what Jesus is on about at all. And there is nothing in Mark's Gospel to indicate that's what Jesus was on about. As one of the commentators said, nothing should have led Peter to that conclusion. And they said, you can hear James and John in the background sniggering and going, Oh, Peter, you're such a doofus. Of course, he's not the Messiah. What are you talking about? Peter gets it wrong. So he is rebuked because he's using the right words, but the right words come with the wrong package. So when we talk about Son of God, what do we mean by Son of God? What's the package that goes with that? I mean, we think it's self-evident that the Son of God means Son of God. But actually, King David was Son of God. The Bible says so. At the time that the disciples and Jesus was around, the Emperor was the Son of God. It was one of his formal titles. To apply that to Jesus is, well, it's, uh, that's pushing against Rome. It's a, it's a bit of countercultural activity going on right there, using an imperial title and applying it to Jesus. So that term can mean all sorts of things. What does it mean for us? When we talk about Jesus being Saviour, what does that mean? What's the package that goes with that? What are we being saved from? What are we being saved to? What is our picture of God that goes with that term? So, turn around have a chat to your, to your people, your friends. And what are the expectations and hopes that goes with the terms that you use for Jesus? And what's your picture of God that goes with that? And the questions are up there. Do you, do you fare any better than Peter? No. <laughs> All right, the last section. So then Jesus starts to teach what he's really on about and he says that he's going to Jerusalem where he will suffer many things, he will be rejected, he will be killed. And Peter's not super happy about this, to be honest probably the rest of the disciples weren't either. Partly because they were followers and to follow Jesus meant they had to go on that path too. They had to go to Jerusalem which meant there was a very good chance that they were going to suffer many things be rejected, and be killed. Like, that didn't sound like a cool thing to them. When they signed up for this, they were kind of with Peter. Their package was the whole overthrowing the Roman thing. Like Bonnie said, it quickly, even if you're talking about peace, it quickly gets turned into something a bit more aggressive. And they hoped to be in the winner's circle. With all the trappings that went with the winner's circle. And the Winner's Circle did not include suffering many things, rejection and being killed. That was not what they had signed up for. And yet Jesus says, if you want to follow me, that's the path you have to walk as well. Their image of God was a God who was strong and powerful, the Almighty God, who would, as Malachi 4 says, Bring down the day, the great and terrible day of the Lord. But Jesus starts talking about a God who is vulnerable and powerless. He's talking about a God who is discovered and dying. And how often do we think of God in those terms? Jesus was inviting them to let go of some of their deepest hopes and desires, and to embrace an entirely new way of understanding who God was and how God acted in the world, a way of generosity and love and and compassion, the way that he had been living up to that point. The problem for Peter was, he was all good with compassion, compassion and love and generosity, but he also wanted to win and Peter wasn't, and um, Jesus wasn't offering winning. Winning wasn't on the menu. But how often do we as Christians still want to win? I was trying to find some more information about this idea of Elijah in the end times, and I found this video of a of a pastor in America who was talking about when Jesus comes, we will rule. Oh, and there you are, you and Peter together. You're going to rule. And look what Jesus said to Peter. You should read that. You should read this a little bit more carefully. I think you missed the point. So what does it mean for us to follow Jesus? The Jesus that we have talked about this morning. That's the last question. So, instead of a creed, talk to your neighbours. What does it mean for you to talk? What does it mean for you to follow this Jesus with the package that you have been talking about? We'll do that for a couple of minutes, and then Clip we'll get us going. you